Warning, you are about to enter a world populated by the most appalling music ever made. Welcome to the search for the worst album of all time. This is Broken Records. But I hadn't been forgotten, I Joe. I'd been married a long time ago. Saint Bango. <laughs> a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. <laughs> You're beautiful. Hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star. All right, hello, welcome to episode 65 of Broken Records, the podcast from the Right Act Network, where myself, Stephen Hill, and my co-host, Renfrey Deadman. Hello, Renfrey. Hello. How are you? I'm speaking right. a bit, Speaking a bit slow today, because there's not as much to talk about as there usually is on this record i'm not gonna lie so we might go on many a tangent many a flight of fancy but this is a podcast where we search for the worst record ever made ever in the history of music's long and storied past this week we have a fairly interesting record um we swooned when it came out of the of the pot i think you did because you thought we we're gonna have to listen to some awful Modern metalcore, didn't I, we? But we don't. I, yes, I assume. As if there's any other type of modern metalcore. <laughs> uh, when I saw this list, I did assume that it was the um, metalcore groups circa what, like early 21st century? Did they start? I don't know, something like that. Um, yeah. And just the thought of listening to anything that they had done made me mm. um, feel very, very upset indeed. But no, it isn't <laughs> yeah. that Attila in the slightest. It, it's a it isn't. Attila. It isn't. We should say before we get going, if it was down to Renfrew and I picking bands and music that we fucking hate, just stuff that we personally hate, then the modern Attila probably would be in it. <laughs> yes. But they're not because that's not how we choose these records. We choose all the records on this list from a very myriad of reasons a very myriad of reasons a myriad of, <laughs> i'll go with very it very large myriad of reasons large criteria. um yeah large criteria so it might be the critical reaction to the record it might be the fan reaction to the record it might be the band's own reaction to the record it may be the context surrounding the record it may be uh something else which we haven't quite put our finger on and we delve and try and find exactly what that thing is if it happens to be this was kind of an obvious one why this one's in here this week but then also sort of not an obvious one mm. at the same time because like i say we're going to be talking about attila by attila the sole album not from chris fronzilla fronziak whatever his fucking name is um and his terrible misogynistic metalcore bastards but the debut album from the psychedelic metal band released in 1970 featuring mr billy joel of <laughs> Well, we'll talk about Billy Joel in a little bit. But are you gonna are we... you gonna refer to him as Billy Joel throughout this whole podcast? I think we need to get the laughs somehow in this episode, Remedy. <laughs> and it's the best I've got. It's the best I've got. It's the best I can do. Okay. It's the best I can do with this one. There is a couple of heartbreaking things uh, regarding Billy Joel in uh <laughs> in this episode, and I might refer to him by his his given name okay. uh, during those parts but right. for the most part yeah i quite like i've always called okay. him billy joel oh all right oh okay I didn't he's know like uh it. superman's dad isn't he jor-el <laughs> i've never made that connection before but um never, never him... compared men never compared billy joel and marlon brando no never ever done that no i'd quite like to see billy joel in uh, a lot of marlon brando's roles though now like guys and dolls in apocalypse mm-hmm. now that'd be good yeah <laughs> the horror the horror of uptown girl yeah i agree um anyway before we get into that we should go through the flop 20 the 20 worst records that we have covered on this podcast thus far starting at number 20 with slick dogs and ponies by louis the 14th number 19 queen and paul rogers with the cosmos rocks united nations of sound by richard ashcroft is number 18 then followed by mr blobby the album he's back isn't he mr blobby yeah, those tweets he's back. keep coming. <laughs> it's not I mean, he's fault. really, really back. Um, he really yeah. is back. Yeah. Mad, isn't it? I don't know yeah. why that happened. I don't know what's going on with that. <sighs> Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the original soundtrack. They're back as well, aren't they? Billy Preston 
jumping off of a stopping Peter Frampton from committing suicide. That's back as well. It's all back. <laughs> Eogan Quick, he's back as well with Owen Quick. Six Feet Under's Graveyard Classics Volume 2, Towers of London's Blood, Sweat and Towers, Vanilla Ice is Hard to Swallow, Cut the Crap by The Clash, Angelic to the Core by Corey Feldman, Philosophy of the World by The Shags, Arsehole by Gene Simmons, Total Zanarchy by Little Zatton, Blood on the Dance Floor by... No, Blood on the Dance Floor is Bad Blood. I always get those two mixed up. I don't know why that is. Methods of Mayhem by Methods of Mayhem. The True Symphonic Rockers Concerto in True Minor. Uncle Cracker's Double Wide. He actually is back. The Crazy Frog presents Crazy Hits is at number two. We should do a little mini episode on the Crazy Frog's comeback single. That's been out a little while now, so I feel like we've probably missed the boat on that, haven't we, really? Probably pretty much missed the boat, because that's it's not, it's not in the news, and it's not zeitgeisty anymore is it yeah, zeitgeisty for a few hours might still do it might be something fun to do over christmas i think people would still enjoy it probably would still we'll enjoy see. it we'll see but i will i wouldn't enjoy it because <sighs> i <laughs> and number two and number two that is number one broken side i'm not a fan but the kids like it still hanging on in there at number one until wargasm released their debut album <laughs> and also chinese democracy by guns and roses sits in the unranked position i just had a pop at uh orgasm there for no real reason you like them don't you i like having a pop at them i had a pop at them that you censored and when i won't say what it was but when you censor me i know that i've really gone too far (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah yeah yeah. they've uh i think that's just in my head because they've pulled out of the creeper tour um, oh, did they? uh, yeah not but but not because they've got covid other bands have got covid and i was like ah it's a shame that they don't have COVID. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That might be anyway. a bit much, but sure. <laughs> yeah, it's only a cold now, isn't it? It's only a cold. No one's going to, you know, as long as they're double jab, they'll be fine. Uh, yeah, good. Probably. I mean, they look like they've been more than double jabbed, those two, to be fair. They look like they've fucking got heroin coming out their nostrils to be honest um <laughs> they do allegedly, they don't know I don't. well no they're, I'm, they're not, they don't allegedly look like that <laughs> i think they look like junkies okay that is a, the, the opinion of stephen hill that isn't that is that is it is opinion. yeah that is. is the opinion of stephen hill not mm. right act as a whole like i said um 50 percent of right act isn't it? <laughs> um <laughs> i'm on broken records so yeah uh anyway um let's talk about attila see i told you there's going to be a little bit of flight of fancies in this week's <laughs> show because there's not that much to talk about here um attila by attila this is a rather infamous record because of the personnel that feature in it like i said you know billy joel it is billy joel's second band he was in a band before that we'll talk about it in a second but before we get into it I've got to say, I respect Billy Joel. I don't have that much of a strong opinion for him. I hate Uptown Girl. I have to be honest, I hate it. I really, that's his biggest hit, isn't it, Uptown Girl, surely? It's like the 70s version of Happy by Pharrell Williams. It's, yeah. It's really annoying. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's a bad song necessarily. No, no, I don't but think it is... either of those songs are bad songs, but it's still really annoying. I think Happy is a bad song. I don't know. I think Happy is a poorly composed piece of work. I don't know. Whereas I think Uptown Girl is just a bit like, ah, I remember the 50s. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a detour which I don't don't think we need to go into. We don't need to go into it. And it should point out actually Piano Man on Spotify is about 60 million more listens more popular than Uptown Girl. Girl. Mm-hmm. Which is good, because I think it's a much better song. And actually, looking at it here, Billy Joel's um, various hits and stuff, We Didn't Start the Fire, that's a good song, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Something else, something, something, Beatlemania, something, something else, We Didn't Start the Fire. That's a good song. No, that's a great song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that is a good song. Yeah. And it's very clever as well. Go yes. through all the stuff that happened within the decades over a, what, 40-year period? Something like that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, all the stuff what happened. In all the stuff I mean, what happened. If you don't know what I'm on about, I mean, I 
I'm not going to explain we didn't start the fire to you. That it condenses last... about 40 years worth of history into, what, yeah. three and a half, four minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. In chronological order, yes, no less. Yes, yes, yeah. Very good. Um, my life is really good as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah. you know. Got no issue with my life. Mainly because A nicked a bit of it um, for the song number one. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you remember that, but that happened. That was good. That was really good. Okay. Uh, but but you know, overall, broadly, Billy Joel, thumbs up. Uh, a thumbs. I think a thumbs up. Overall, you know, I think up, okay. all right. A, a thumbs up. What do you think about Billy Joel? Well, I agree with everything you just said there. The songs that you like seem to be the songs that I like. I do think he has genuinely written some really good rock and roll songs. Um, and um, I've got no beef with Billy. Joel, if you insist, at all. <laughs> don't at have all. To, you don't have to call him. Uh, no, I'll, I'll give it a go. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, he's a, a good good songwriter. Not uh, not to my taste. Don't own any Billy Joel. It's very unlikely I would be to. I don't know. I mean, when you were talking about songs like "We Didn't Start the Fire," I was kind of like, oh, it's sort of a shame I don't own that. I mean, streaming services, I guess. But um, yeah, yeah, I've got no beef with Joel. Good. Yeah, me neither. So we're not coming into this being like, God, fucking, it's something that Billy Joel did before he became a massive sellout bastard in his crap. <laughs> so we just want to sort of preface this episode with that. Because both of us were fairly indifferent to the yeah. man. Like, yeah. He did a, yeah, did a joint headline tour with Elton John once. Oh, wow. I remember. And I sort of thought to myself, would we call it a joint headline? This is a bit like when I'm on a Marth joint headline with... Um, Machine Head, isn't it? Joint headline. <laughs> well, actually, they, they are both pretty big. You know, it's more like, like the Black Crusade when Machine Head took Trivium out and they were co-headliners. Mm. Trivium on the Crusade, Machine Head on the Blackening. Yeah, you're not yeah. you're not co you're not co-headliners, are you? Yeah, yeah. One of you is much better than the other one. What era was it? Oh, mate, it was only like 15, 10, 15 years ago. Oh, right. No, oh, in that case, because I was going to say if it was during the seventies. I'd be like, yeah, probably fair enough, probably. Mm-hmm. But yeah, ten, fifteen years ago, no, that that doesn't sound like fair billing. Fair well, billing. It, it, it sounds too fair, fair. billing. Fair billing. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Yeah, I think so. Um, anyway, yeah, I mean, I didn't go to that because it was in America, but and Billy Joel's big in America. Okay, mm. that makes sense. He. Yeah strikes me as a sort of drive time rock radio superstar standard yeah. oh yeah 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 shea stadium in it all that stuff yeah. loves it anyway but way way back before he became a superstar he was one of two people involved in this band attila uh the other person is the drummer john small um they form the band influenced by the work of the doors particularly the keyboard player Ray Manzurek's work, and I think you can certainly hear that on this record. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think um, you can you can hear the influence. Not sure you can hear the quality. No, 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 no. You're basically saying this isn't as good as the Doors, which is <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't think that that I don't think that's a controversial opinion. No, uh, but there's certainly a through line between this and the Doors, like th- mm-hmm. that kind of Hammond organ sound. Um, it's difficult not to equate that to the Doors. I think. I think it really is very difficult. They did, yeah, yeah well, definitely. They, I mean, until they had to have a, a slither of the pie was sliced off for yeah. Attila to well, make it exactly. so shared a little bit um, um but yeah so huge, before huge that through line between them and the doors but other like psychedelic heavy metal rock acts like blue cheer i'd say blue oyster cult probably. iron butterfly iron butterfly yeah absolutely and even even early deep purple maybe you know mm-hmm. yeah john lord and all of that yeah yeah there's a you lot know. of that kind of stuff going on and you know i i'm i'm fairly down with that kind of thing i'm I, some of it gets a bit too jammy and a bit too riffy and a bit too up its own ass for its own good. But overall, I quite like that sound. I don't mind it at all. I don't mm. know your feelings on it. I do. I, I mean, I like bits and bobs of it. I think Deep Purple have got a couple of albums that I really, really love. Yeah, they really do, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really good. Like, In Rock is brilliant, It's I fantastic, think. yeah. Really good record. I like The Doors when they are playing songs and not fucking around. yes. Agreed. Basically, that's my sort of broad uh, 
synopsis of my feelings towards the doors in general when they're good 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 golly golly they are good mm. but when they're not they're a bit bum and have you seen eddie vedder fronting the doors no he fronted the doors i want to say for the rock and roll hall of fame induction well then you should well I, because i think that's what it was yeah. I, I just don't want the information to be incorrect but i believe oh, right. that i believe I thought you that wanted to, be true. to say i want to say this so much <laughs> did you just say it, Rembrandt? Just say it. treat yourself uh, i'm an alcoholic um i uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah uh i'm, I'm pretty sure it was for that because obviously jim morrison wasn't around and um i know this because i'm currently researching verses for pearl jam here's here's a little bonus tease for the classic album. i wasn't going to put this in so i can do this as a bonus but yeah he was compared to jim morrison a lot around the verses album 1993 he was and he would have like a bottle of wine in his hand and he liked to play up being sort of drunk in press photos and stuff like that um but yeah but eddie's versions of them like i never really considered jim morrison and eddie better before which kind of sounds ridiculous uh, given my fandom of the band but actually mm. seeing him do those songs it's like oh yeah there's actually a really strong through line there that i hadn't considered yeah before. yeah yeah there is for sure especially in um, that period why are we talking about the doors again? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so, that's the kind of music that Attila is. Yes, that's yes, basically it is. So if you are thinking, yeah, and we're not fucking around here because we said last week, it's a sort of tease. We're like, oh, it's Billy Joel's sort of metal band. And when yeah. we're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> steady. And like proto-metal proto over metal, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, you know, this very much is that. So anyway, it's probably, we'll go into the brief backstory of how this sort of came to happen. In the 60s, both men that's billy joel and john small were in a band called the hassles who released two albums and four singles between 1967 and 1969 they were commercial failures of sorts um and they were a bit more kind of straight hate kind of straight straight hate straight ahead sort of sonic style garage rock thing uh renfrey i asked you to listen to both of those albums um what did you think of them did you no, I didn't really. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you little shit. <laughs> Unprofessional. You should have done it anyway, right? You should have done it anyway. Shouldn't have had to have me tell you to listen to them. Oh, you should have man. wanted to go and listen to them. Um, you did get me there. You got me there for a, a, I did, good, a second. I? Yeah, yeah. I did. I feel That's very really pleased with myself. It's like Beatles about has come back, <laughs> isn't it? It's like Alan Deck's Saturday Night Takeaway. Uh, where sure. are they? prank someone yeah, brilliant you like <laughs> you've been murked blood as Rio Ferdinand <laughs> would say uh no so uh yeah they're in the hassles I I actually did have a little tiny listen to the hassles Keener. mainly because this record was on YouTube only and uh when it ended some of the hassles okay. music came on yeah I'm gonna say that the hassles were better than Attila okay um similar kind of thing or mm. different I mean, much more. Uh, this is quite a noisy. Attila's quite a, is is a very noisy, quite abrasive, quite like oh, record for in in for this particularly for the time as well. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I think the Hassles are much more interested in um, actual concise uh, songwriting. Is what I would say. Okay, it's still garage rocky, quite kind of fuzzy, but not to the extent that Attila is, and it sounds much more sort of summery and a bit more upbeat and. Uh, yeah, yeah. it's definitely. like that band that's Spinal Tap were in before they're in Spinal Tap. You know that bit of Spinal oh, Tap? Yes, they show? yes, yeah. yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, there's a modern uh, like prog rock band. I think they're called the Gypsy Kings, who basically yes do like twelve minute long versions of that sort of day glow sixties pop thing. Yeah, so it's a bit like that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Mm. It is very much like that. Anyway, in 1969 feeling a little bit unsatisfied with their role in this band who weren't really doing all that well both billy joel and john small left the band to form the band attila they were signed by epic records which was home at the time to the likes of jeff beck and sly and the family stone and with the label at the time looking to capitalize on the growing popularity of your Led Zeppelins and Deep Purples and Black Sabbaths decided to give them a $50,000 advance for their debut record. Holy crap. 
50,000... 50,000 Renfrew. 50,000 dollars. I, you know what? I might take a little pause here to find out what that is in today's money. Oh, go for it. I mean, uh, I'm happy to fill time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If okay, you like. I mean, 50,000... I should say, 50,000 dollars is quite a lot of money by today's standard so by 1970s standard i reckon that is a fair old chunk of money particularly for two people who i mean i suppose you know jimmy page had been in the yardbirds and then he went on and did led zeppelin didn't he so there was a bit of a thing where it was like oh you've left the band but you've started a new band here let us bung a load of money at you and you can record your debut album which will be much more successful i guess i guess this is getting to the point where the record industry is really starting to care about albums because before we've had this conversation before about the sort of the 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 early to mid 60s it wasn't really until the beatles started doing it that people actually really thought that much about albums wasn't it mm-hmm. yeah i have the total by the way but you carry oh okay on. yeah you carry on your well no well. that was just just my point really was that i think this is around probably around the time where people were like ah you have to go into studio and make a yes make an album an actual yeah. album 1969 yeah absolutely yeah absolutely um, so in today's what we got? money, in today's money, fifty thousand dollars is. Uh, I'll round it up. Basically, three hundred and eighty thousand dollars. So over a quarter of blo- a million pounds. To two blokes, two blokes who are in a band who had done fuck all before that. They didn't spend any of that. Nothing. They didn't spend any of that money on the album cover, did they? <laughs> um, <laughs> you'd have to. You'd have to hope not. <laughs> I mean, we'll talk, we'll, talk, we'll talk about the album cover in a little bit. Um, now, they were uh, a heavy metal band. They were setting themselves up to be a heavy metal band. Billy Joel was 19 at the time when uh, when this band was formed. And as a two-piece, it would obviously be quite hard for them to have the, you know, the, the distorted guitars that were so key to the sound of heavy metal. So... Um, with the lack of distorted overdriven guitar was made up for by Billy Joel running his organ through a Marshall stack, which is quite a bold thing. I feel like it's quite a bold thing to do back in the day. Running his Hammond organ through a Marshall stack, not his... His organ? Yeah, his yeah, yeah. I didn't know if he agreement. had a... <laughs> no, no, obviously not. <laughs> Although, you know, we have no, we have no proof... <laughs> Like to, we didn't. have nothing to prove that he definitely didn't do that. We can't say for certain that Billy Joel didn't stick his cock in a Marshall amp. I'm sorry. I have hugely researched this week's episode, and I did try to put those rumours that I've that we've just started to rest, but I couldn't. I couldn't. So the question: Did Billy Joel fuck an amp? Will remain unanswered. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. We don't know. We still remains one of the universe's unanswered questions. It's the new way to get cancelled. Yeah. Um, yes. So, so that meant that he could have sort of a distorted Hammond organ sound, basically. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah. I mean, it's not a terrible idea. It's not a terrible idea. People do like Royal Blood run there, and you know, I don't remember Winnebago seeing Winnebago deal when he was running both. Yeah. His guitars it's through. Not a bad idea it's, not, at all. it's not a bad idea at all. No, it's not. A, it's not actually a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> Say that. So it's not a bad idea. The idea is not terrible. No, but the, it's about the execution in in this uh, thing, isn't it? Really? It, it, it is about the execution. Yeah, execution is important as well. Yes. Yeah, um, Billy Joel is not that keen, uh, you know, being the piano man as he is now and the sort of housewife's choice. Uh, he's not really that keen on revisiting this period. He described the band uh, in a 1985 interview as psychedelic bullshit. He said, "It's the end of the 60s, I was in a two-man group. We were heavy metal. We were going to destroy the world with amplification. We had titles like Godzilla, March of the Huns, Brain Invasion. A lot of people think I just came out of the piano bar. I did a lot of heavy metal for a while. We had about a dozen gigs and nobody could stay in the room we were playing. It was too loud. We literally drove people out of clubs. It was great, but we can't stay in the club, they would say. I was 19 and at that age... If you're loving heavy metal, it's all about thrash, kill, metal, thrash, burn, pillage, repeat. <laughs> Which I think is what should go on the back of Billy Joel's next tour t-shirts. <laughs> when he's playing fucking Nine Nights at Madison Square Garden. Billy Joel, thrash, kill, metal, thrash, burn, pillage, 
uptown girl repeats <laughs> yeah there you go if you want any yeah. advice billy joel steve's your man i'm your marketing man you're the piano man i'm the marketing man <laughs> put it together and what have you got something good oh, um anyway that was the most ricky gervais from the office you've ever been you've not even seen it what did you know how did you know i've, I've seen episodes of it and that was that oh, was I'm, the closest i meant i meant <laughs> let's move on, on. yeah okay Should what do you think on. about that then as a as a as a as a quote Renfrew? what do you reckon about the uh billy joel thinking that they were i mean i do think this is quite abrasive for for the time i think it's a shame that he because i mean i think i think well this is getting a little bit i suppose onto what i think of it and it isn't really because it's not what i think of it in 2021 but if i'd heard it in 1969 i think this would have blew my brains out i think you know it sounds quite progressive um and it's difficult to think of i mean look it wasn't they weren't the first band to do it but it wasn't like it was an easy thing to do this kind of stuff i mean it's it it sounds i can imagine it sounding really good for the time and um i don't think it's anything really to be that embarrassed about um the cover as we'll get on to (laughs) is difficult to defend (laughs) but musically i i think you know this isn't anything to i mean i know i know billy joel's solo career is completely different to this completely different to this and i imagine the venn diagram of massive billy joel fans who also have and genuinely love and cherish this album is probably quite small i'm sure it exists i think the people who love and cherish this album full stop no matter what they like is quite small (laughs) yeah that's true yeah 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 if 50% of the band who made it hate it (laughs) you've got to imagine that not many other people are that into it right um but yeah it seems it seems a shame that um billy joel seems embarrassed by it almost because like i said i just don't think there's anything particularly to be embarrassed about here musically 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 (laughs) thing to say here because let's talk about the front cover of the album and we've talked about a few quite bad front covers before on this show um the front cover before we start this i bet you if we do a um trailer for this i bet you john is going to superimpose our faces onto the fucking cover isn't he inevitable well, now now you've well, it is now yeah now yeah. you've just said that yeah, yeah that's what you want isn't it yeah i wanted to see what i looked like yeah. okay <laughs> because i'm not that fast but i've obviously been brought along for this even though i don't really want that yeah. myself yeah i want to be billy joel please john well, no, there's no way you can <laughs> be billy joel out of the two of us of course i'm now i'm gonna be billy joel well, <laughs> I'm Billy. Oh, it doesn't. I don't care. I don't care. Put someone else on. Put fucking, put fucking Merlin's head on it. Some <laughs> other person from a podcast. Some other podcast on it. Put Tom Dare's head on it. Don't put my. Keep me out of this. Tom Dare would and love to be on this album cover. I bet. Yeah, he probably would. <laughs> He'd fucking love it. He'd love it. <laughs> he would. So let's talk about this drunk cover that was properly like oh god no oh don't do an impression of me oh no i'd hate that and then the person goes oh my name's renfrey and you go oh god that's actually really quite good oh don't do it again oh go no but go on go on just show him one he did this i hate it oh god don't do it again and then it's pathetic i mean i well i yeah i admit it it was but i I don't care (laughs) i'm gonna get what i want out of it so you know fuck it bloody hell We have a week off. You come back, all arro- all arrogant. Don't you? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the picture. Renfrey, please, <laughs> please explain to the people listening what the fuck is going on. Okay. On the, I've got it up in front of me now. What is going on here? What is going on? So Billy Joel and John Smalls are dressed up as. Knights, yeah, they're dressed up as knights. They look like yeah. um, Bill and Ted dressed up from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> like it's quite, it's quite cheap. 
Um, I don't think it's even metal. It actually looks plastic the way that the light's shining off it. I don't. I can say that for a fact. But um, and they are in a. What I'm going to say is probably well. They're. I was going to say they, they look like they're in a barn, but it's. Uh, they're in a large. Enclosed There's sand space. on the floor. There's sand on the floor. Yeah, that's why I thought it might be a barn type well, situation. Yeah. You shouldn't keep that amount of raw meat around sand. Well, you? yes, quite. Um, there are meat hooks um, and just shitloads of raw meat strung up all over the place, um, surrounding the two members of the band dressed up as knights. And then the most hideous band logo I have ever seen in my life. I mean, I will give it some praise... It looks like something from the 80s, so it's very forward-thinking from that point of view, <laughs> considering this came out in 1969. It looks very 80s, doesn't it? But it looks bad 80s. Uh, does <laughs> it look 80s? I suppose it does sort of look 80s. I can imagine yeah. that font on a computer on on a, in Star Wars or in Robocop or in a Paul Verhoeven film, uh, Total Recall. That kind of 80s sci-fi stuff. I can imagine that being a font on one of the computers or something like that. It looks vaguely futuristic and vaguely spacey. Very, very vaguely. <laughs> yes. All right, all right. Well, either way, it's fucking terrible. It's, <laughs> it's rubbish, yeah. terrible I mean, it, logo. It is a really quite a bad logo. Do you know what it looks like to me? It looks like a uh, 1970s game show logo. Yeah, I'd go with that. It yeah, looks yeah. like, hello, I'm Ted Rogers and welcome to Attila. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And the prize would be like a toaster, a tea maid, um, a croquet set, <laughs> a pair of binoculars. Yeah. Go out go out and see the birds with this lovely pair of leather case included binoculars. Special prize number four. Like, really, all the awful prize you used to get. Like, a dra- a drafts board. Have a lovely family <laughs> evening with this drafts board. <laughs> Let's play it. Are you going to gonna gamble? You've got the drafts board. You've got the the binoculars. You've got the teas made. You've got the, the, the electronic toaster. Uh, are you going to gamble it all for the special star prize, which inevitably would be a caravan, like a tiny little caravan or a mini or something like that? So, something rubbish. This is a cracking piece of observational comedy. Thank you. Yeah, that's what the, that's what it looks like. It does look like that, like a sort of CBBC game show about like where you have to fit big blocks of coloured um, wood together in a shape, in a certain shape. We're just grabbing Tetris there, I think. It's like early Tetris, very early Tetris. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. All in in a in a kind of in a onesie, right. in a, like a boiler suit. Yeah, it's a crap cover. Uh... It's, a, it's, a, it's a crap. It's a crap cover. It's got so many things. I mean, the fact they look like sort of medieval Hall and Oates is one thing. <laughs> Almost about out of my coffee then. <laughs> Billy Joel has got I'm fucking. I mean, that's about seven haircuts, isn't it, in one picture? <laughs> he looks, he, his hair looks like Charles II's. He's got a mullet, a perm, a fucking bowl cut, and just standard long hair all at the same time. Yeah, he looks like Kirk Hammett dressed as a paedophile. Dressed as a paedophile. He's got soul glow on as well. Just that, just. He's got some soul glow and a mullet and a perm. And and he's dressed and a loincloth and a skirt, yeah, terrible and tash, chainmail, and he's got a really bad moustache, and he looks ridiculous. And I, it's a Ron Jeremy tash, isn't it? It's it is. Awful. I would look at that cover and I'd go, I don't know exactly how good or bad this album is going to be, but I tell you one thing: neither of these men will ever headline Shea Stadium. <laughs> definitely, definitely, I can tell you that for a fact. <laughs> Neither of these men will go on to have an, a super successful solo career. Yeah, well, That's what this go. album cover screams to me. And yet, Renfrey, yeah. here we are. Yeah, life here we is are. strange. Yeah. 50 years later, mad. It's a really bad cover. What do you think they were trying to achieve with this cover? What do you think they wanted? What kind of people do you think they were trying to attract? And what kind of people... What do you think they wanted those people to say in their minds when they picked up this album and went, oh, yeah, you know? 
Well, it's it very it's metal when because Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath were the most metal band at that time, right? Surely, yeah. And they took a far more far more subtle approach than this. I mean, this far is more subtle. This is you know th- this feels like a progenitor yeah progenitor mm-hmm. for um the cannibal corpse style artwork the death well metal i was gonna say it, it, it's like it, yeah it, it's like bloody power metal and death metal together before either of those things existed yeah on a on an album cover in a 70s game show and from that yeah and from that point of view it's very ahead of its time yeah <laughs> like genuinely because you know at this point what sabbath had let's say they had the first record and, and paranoid as well because it both came out 69 neither of them were like gruesome covers well it's not even really till you get to sabbath bloody sabbath that they actually have something where you go well that's actually a bit scary like like overtly scary looking right yeah i i think there's a scariness to the the first black sabbath album but it's far yeah, more it's more creepy, haunting it? and creepy mm. than it is yeah yeah i mean let's just just for the record we should say this is not a scary no album. it's not scary i am not scared by billy joel looking like an 80s liverpool footballer uh, in, in fancy dress stood in an abattoir with sand on the floor like that doesn't really scare me i'm a bit but scared is... one of them might get salmonella but <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's rubbish it's, it's, just, oh, it's terrible st- stupid rubbish and i can't imagine anyone looking at this in the 70s and being like oh, i'm terrified this is so hot i mean they might have gone oh why have you done that oh yeah but i can't imagine anyone being like oh my god the way you think of the children mind you they'd have to be a mary know. whitehouse type to to be like that I, I i think those people do exist and would have existed at the time but yeah they'd have to be quite extreme in their views um but you know a, Mer- a mary whitehouse is that the president's a- house on christmas day a merry white house did i say what did i say you said a merry white house oh a merry white house yeah, yeah yeah i was making a merry a merry white house well it's tis the season isn't it you know so it is uh <laughs> well yeah i mean look no pressure to laugh at that anyone listening of course you i mean renfrey's batted that away yeah so don't worry about it and look, let's just get on with it it's a rubbish cover it's a rubbish cover it's not well, it's very good the worst thing about the album right I think it probably is actually. Yeah. yeah, I think it probably it is, is the worst thing about the record. And it it's, is. It's, it's really bad. I mean, I'd give this a two out of ten as a cover, maybe a three as a piece of art. <laughs> yeah, yes. as a family photo, it's a two out of ten. Yeah, Van Gogh, yeah. sunflowers is a ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a Death Heaven Sunbather is a nine. Um, <laughs> this is a two. What's yeah, a one then? Oh man. Black flag? Black flag one's what? awful. Like Born Again by Black Sabbath. That's, that I fucking oh, hate yeah, that bad. cover. Uh, that Scorpion the famous Scorpions one with the chewing gum tit. That's actually even that I'd say was a two, actually. A chewing gum tit. <laughs> the chewing gum tit, you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Just never heard it described as a chewing gum tit before. Oh that's what it is so. <laughs> well, it's a, i'd say it's it's a breast that has been groped when a man has and it's had a piece of chewing gum elasticated away from where but hey i'm not an artist what do i know really trying to prolong this episode aren't you i know we really are <laughs> let's talk let's do the review so there's there's two reviews basically all music said and attila undoubtedly is the worst album released in the history of rock and roll hell the history of recorded music itself. There have been many bad ideas in rock, but none match the colossal stupidity of Attila. Uh, okay. Head Heritage says, but it's just too over the top. The album cover, the vocals, the lyrics, it just ends up being an extremely entertaining joke that Billy wasn't in on. But I've got to say, I dug this trip, and the record still puts me in a good mood every time. Um, they are literally the only two reviews of note that you can find of this record you can't really get it anywhere particularly there's no reviews from amazon or anything like that uh even the youtube video i watched i read the comments and they're just like oh look it's billy joel mm-hmm. that's yeah. it so there's nothing particularly interesting so but it does just have that one thing like when you google the worst out worst music ever made 
this this comes up hence why it went in the hat essentially mm. um i was gonna but, ask you actually if you recalled the reason why this ended up in the hat and it was more or less based on that review alone was it pretty much i mean okay. like i say there, there is a there is a, a wikipedia page if you look at um if you were to google worst music ever mm-hmm. um there is a wikipedia page that is normally comes up list of music considered the worst mm-hmm. and it's there attila 1960s and 1970s it's in there with philosophy of the world by the shags mm. and metal music machine by Lou Reed and Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, various artists. And there are a couple of other things that we haven't actually covered yet, so I won't mention them, that are, that are in there as well. But yeah, this is this is in there. Hence why it got in the hat, basically. Um, minus, but anyway. Minor spoiler, but I don't think it's as bad as any of those. No, I don't think it is. I think you're right. I mean, I was about to ask you, Renfrey, what do you think of Attila by Attila? Well musically i think that whilst there are clearly better examples of this kind of psychedelic organ led uh psych rock stuff even from the time i had an absolutely fine time with this record it wasn't painful to listen to at all it was a bit repetitive very repetitive actually and you know it did get a little bit a little bit boring towards the end but the first time that i ended up looking at the time was around 36 minutes in and i had about four minutes of the record to go so it's like oh, okay well that's you know it's been far far worse mm-hmm. certainly the reason for this album being here stephen thomas erlewin's um review i mean undoubtedly the worst album released in the history of rock and roll that's a hell of a thing to say that's a hell of a thing to say. I don't think it's anywhere near. I just think it's a no. very average <clears throat> psych rock album for the time, um, which just happened to have someone in the band who ended up getting very, very, very famous later on. And I would imagine, I'm pretty certain that Billy Joel, if Billy Joel hadn't turned into Billy Joel, um, Billy Joel, Billy Joel. Apologies. Mm. Uh, then this wouldn't, this wouldn't even be a footnote. I don't think. No. I think this album. I think it would have been forgotten. I don't think many people would know anything about it. Blah blah blah. But I don't think it would be at all um, given any indication that it's the worst album of all time or anything like that. Um, I mean, I the placing in, in my mind for this record is very low on our list. I would say. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, it starts with Wonder Woman and it's a proper, like I say, Iron Butterfly sounding style hard rock tune, loads of big keys all over it. And I actually thought, sort of thought to myself, it's a bit scrappy, this. It seems a bit sort of thrown together quite quickly. Yeah. The production is um, quite raw and raucous, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's all right. It's all right. This is a perfectly all right song. I'll also say I thought there was a certain charm to the scrappiness of it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't think that is... It does I, feel like it's recorded live, right? Which I yeah. imagine it may well have been. This time, certainly. Um, but I don't, I don't, you know, I, I don't see it being a bit scrappy as a bad thing. In this case, it just feels a bit more raucous and live in, in your face, especially compared to almost everything recorded today you know um so yeah i didn't have an issue with that at all but yes i agree Mm. it is it is you know raw and all that yeah california flash is sort of basically the same song again in it it's the same fucking thing again yeah i was like it sounds basically sounds identical to what i've just heard essentially there aren't many ideas on this album and they're all repeated they're all repeated at least once Mm. yeah it is uh it is the same thing kind of over and over again essentially isn't it yeah uh there's a song called amplifier of fire where billy says he's going to kick your face in <laughs> and you're going to kiss his feet yeah which is not really i mean i think the lyrics are the sort of funniest thing about this record to be honest most of it is just like like all the way through mm-hmm. just yeah 
Accurate. Beepy, beepy. And then Billy Joel going, I'm going to kick your face in. I'm going to make you <laughs> kiss my feet. Oh, God. And then, then something about Satan, maybe even. Well, maybe not quite. I don't think there's much. anything about Satan on this there's, there's not. There's lots of stuff about Godzilla and the Huns. I mean, there's a lot of clanging and banging. Yes. There's a song called March of the Huns, which is a sort of second bit of one of the sort of two. There's a two part, sort of two part song, isn't there? Um, and um, called uh, Amplifier part one godzilla and part two march of the huns amplifier fire it's called and the second part march of the huns is like a just basically they've just gone ah, 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 gone in and hit everything and then gone that'll do we'll stick that on the record <laughs> like just to break it up a little bit yeah it's because so far we've just had one idea for a song and we can't actually think of a second idea for a song so if we just let make a load of fucking noise for five minutes people will go <laughs> oh how how dynamic of them um yeah i was quite intrigued by the idea of a two-part song from this band from the first three songs i had heard and it was a bit disappointing that it was just like a song and then a bit that was broken up with like oh kind of (laughs) all right (laughs) i thought that'd be a bit more interesting but fine it's very simple this record i mean there's a song called rolling home and it's just billy joel Joel going rolling home rolling home rolling home and then he goes he invented scat is that what you're saying (laughs) yeah basically it's basically just like a lot of noise it's just a lot of noise in billy's yolsha and i think you know you're getting metal mixed up with that's the thing is i think like if you listen to deep purple and the doors and black sabbath and led zeppelin they were quite heavy at parts but their idea of heaviness was songs and the sort of feeling and the sonic power surrounding them not just going Boop, 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 and shouting, which is what quite a lot of this record is. Uh, there is a sort of sensitive song with a bit of crooning from Billy Joel in it, Tear This Castle Down, which is probably the ballad. But it's not really a ballad, really. Um, I did like Holy Moses as well, because yeah. the lyrics go, Standing in the pouring rain, waiting for the midnight train, Holy Moses, she supposes, <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. 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 I mean, it's not a lot to say about this record, is there? To be perfectly honest, it's not very long. It's like what forty-five esque nice. minutes long. Forty. Forty minutes long. Yeah. It says bibbidi gadly goodly goo on his organ. Shouts a lot. It says Godzilla. Yeah. It says you know. The witches are coming. Yeah. This yeah. and that. All those. <laughs> this and I'll, that. I'll, yeah. I'll beat you up. And then it's, and then it ends. <laughs> Done. I mean, it's just like, it, there's no reason for this musically to be here. It's just because you put it on next to Uptown Girl and you go, what, the same bloke did that? That's mad. Pretty much. Yeah. It'd be like finding out, it'd be like finding out that James Blunt played on side B of Scum by Napalm Death, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be different uh would be different um but uh yeah i i don't think there's anything offensive about this record at all really musically i mean it's a it's a bit repetitive you know and and it's a bit clunky it's a debut album i mean led zeppelin by led zeppelin's a bit clunky i mean this isn't anywhere near as good as led zeppelin (laughs) but you know it is a bit clunky um I mean, I yeah, I I, I don't really. I, it's Billy Joel's association and the cover. I think. I think the cover. The cover doesn't help, does it? No. Does not help in the slightest. It's absolutely dreadful. But yeah, musically, there isn't an awful lot to say about it. Not. I think the thing is, is that music must have just. You know, I hate to sound like a fucking granddad or something, but music must have just been better overall in those days, right? Or not as bad. Not even, let's not even say better. Let's say not as bad. You wouldn't have heard things that were really, really, really bad. Because record labels wouldn't have signed stuff, which was just completely atrocious. And as the time has gone on and more people make music, more and more things make music, anyone can get their music out there, blah, 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 blah. When I look at that list of stuff that is like, oh, it's the worst music, some of it I'm like, 
I mean, you look at our top, our top two. Crazy Frog and Broken Side, both released within a couple of years of each other, if not maybe the same. I can't remember when Broken Side came out, but Crazy Frog was like 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. Broken Side was around 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. I think. You think at that point, with MySpace and the advent of the internet and all this stuff, you could find some really great music, which we've all done, and we're all beneficiaries of that, but some really fucking dreadful stuff as well. Mm-hmm. And I just think people in 1970, they they didn't really have to, they didn't have to put up with something like you. There wouldn't be a crazy frog in 1970. You know, there just wouldn't be that. There might be some, you know, some child, some actual children's music aimed at children. I know fucking Pinky and Perky and Bill and Ben and the Flowerpot Men, they had hits in the charts. But those, those, those are for children. Do you know what I mean? Those are songs directed at children i don't think crazy frog as much as i'm sure a lot of people bought it a lot of people that, that, that were children but i don't think it was necessarily aimed at children it was just aimed at you know the general populace wasn't it broken side's not aimed at children well i said fucking hope it's not i mean they might be aiming themselves at children yeah. but that's a different story altogether but you know i don't think you can take something like fucking pinky and perky and go oh well what about this because that's sort of for kids right that's kind of for kids only kids bought it or only kids had it bought for them and that was all they had one or maybe two fucking artists in the whole world everybody mr blobby was probably bought by a lot of kids but again i bet they were fucking dumbass adults buying it and we all heard it Do you know what i mean it got to number one it got really really massive mm. So by the standards of 1970, yeah, you would put this on next to Deep Purple or The Doors and go, fucking hell, it's nowhere near as good. Because it's not. Well, I wonder if you're... But weirdly, by the standards of today, although it's not very good, it's no worse than Greta Van Fleet. I think Greta Greta Van Fleet have more personality than this band. Um, Yeah, it's not there. It's not theirs, though, is it? It's Led Zeppelin's personality. <laughs> um, I think, uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, obviously, the more the more people you have doing something, the more good stuff you're going to have, and the more and the more bad stuff as well. That's just all part of it. And like you say, with the internet and the way how distribution and doing things DIY is so much easier anyone can record their own music and put it up on the internet no matter how bad it is um and there aren't those kind of gatekeepers there anymore or anything like that whether you know i i do think music probably has got worse but i also think it's got better as well in that time mm. i think the inter, uh, the review from stephen thomas erlenwine though that wouldn't have been written at the time because he's a far more modern writer than that. So that still doesn't really explain his uh, proclamation that it's the worst album released in the history of rock and roll. I just feel like that's a very over-exaggerated thing to say. It's like when you say Greta Van Fleet are the worst band of all time. Or <laughs> Well, I've never said that. <laughs> no, you haven't. But it's like almost being said for effect, almost. But the reality is it's, you know, not it's not that bad it's not particularly good either but it's you know it's fine certainly nothing to be embarrassed about billy joel i know i don't think it's anything to be embarrassed about at all to be honest you know i think it's it's definitely not you know it's not going to be his crowning moment of achievement um but he was better at being billy joel than he was at being a member of attila definitely <laughs> that is yeah. that is a fact yeah uh, absolutely absolutely was um yeah I, I mean i just think well you know it's probably got here because people yeah like you say billy joel fans would go what is this and i suppose it's that thing where people who probably don't listen to much heavy music see the cover and hear like hard chords and billy joel going i'll kick your face in (laughs) and go oh my god it's the heaviest thing ever my ears are bleeding doing that thing that people do when they hear Mm. heavy music which when they don't have any sort of real context for it and i think that might have a little bit to do with oh billy joel was this awful heavy metal band and that's how that thing is that legend has grown but really like i mean by today's standards it's not 
heavy it's not metal no it's not oh. metal like it's not Judas it's, it doesn't sound like Judas Priest or Iron Maiden let alone sound no. like fucking Metallica or Slayer or something like that it's not really a metal band as you when I say heavy metal or metal to you this is not the sound that pops into your head if you're a fan of that genre right well you described it earlier you you called it proto metal you know yeah. I mean like Ghost are heavier than this band I would say uh-huh. mm-hmm. um uh, not by loads, but I would say overall, ghosts have a heavier, harder edge than this band. I, like I said, I would be very surprised if there are many fans, uh, not to cast aspersions on Billy Joel f- fans, who I'm sure are, you know, very versatile in their tastes and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. But it is difficult to imagine that hardcore fans of Billy Joel's solo work, many of them would love this record as well, you know. Although, if you are one of those people, do get in touch, because I'd love to talk to you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would be interested <laughs> if there's anyone... I, I, I don't know that anyone likes this record. I mean, I think this is just like the thing that Billy Joel did before he was famous. Yeah. I bet it's so it's fuck all. I mean, going to the aftermath, they broke up about a year later, and neither men were heard from ever again. Except for Billy Joel, of course, who would go on to be one of the most successful solo artists in history, as discussed. Good for him. But why, Renfrey? Why did they split up? Why would they have split up after their first album? I mean, it's not great, admittedly. Well, but this, surely... This is the most interesting thing about the story. This is the most interesting thing. I found <laughs> this on a website called thing. Dangerous Minds. Perhaps even more fascinating than the sound. All those nutty outfits. Is the love story behind Attila's demise. Billy Joel began an affair with his drummer's wife, Elizabeth. And though Small was a philanderer himself, get that in there, definitely. <laughs> Mug that guy off, for sure. Didn't need to put that in, did he? He, did, he was doing it as well. He was doing it as well. Stop sucking up to Billy Joel. Dangerous mind. And though Small was a philanderer himself, he and Elizabeth had one, had, uh, he and Elizabeth had a small son together and she told Billy if he confessed... As opposed to leave. a large son together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we uh, we ordered a medium-sized son for our new three-bedroom house and we were saddened to be delivered a small son it was as big as a chicken um anyway she told billy if he confessed she would leave both men i mean so billy joel you're you're shagging billy joel behind your husband's back and if Billy Joel admits it, who he's in the band with? It's not even like they're a fucking six. You know, if they were Arcade Fire or something, you'd go, tell you what, you two sit at the opposite end of the bus when we tour because you don't get on. You're a fucking two-piece. It's worse than Meg White and Jack White. I'm going to be like, oh, we're divorced, but we're still in a band together. Fuck's sake. Yeah. She said she'd leave both of them harsh on that guy. He's done nothing wrong. How dare you be cheated on and then find out about it? We have a small son. <laughs> How is he going to grow up to be a normal-sized son <laughs> if his father's letting his mother get cheated on? What the fuck? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Racked with guilt, it says here. Really wants to make out. Poor Billy Joel. The other guy was doing it as well. Like, so this is this is a website that wants to bum Billy Joel, definitely. <laughs> Racked with guilt. Billy Joel attempted suicide by drinking furniture polish. Putting him into a coma. I have never heard that method of suicide before, Renfrey. I mean, I can imagine it working. It definitely is not something you should do. It's a weird thing. Why furniture polish? Don't know. Maybe it was just what was to hand. (sighs) I guess so. But then I would, you know, look, I mean, I've never been in that situation before, but if I was to sort of go... I'll drink anything just to be rid of this world. Furniture polish. Well, maybe I'll find something better than that. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I might find something better than that. I don't know. I don't know. Who... Although you shouldn't drink furniture polish. I'm not like belittling that. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, he's in a coma. After a brief stay in a mental hospital, Billy eventually told John. John broke Billy's nose and Billy and Elizabeth ended up together. Married for 10 years, actually. She's the waitress practicing politics in Piano Man. Oh, right. That's, oh, that's an interesting little fact. I didn't realise that. Yeah. 
and it was yeah so yeah they 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 married in 1973 and that was the first of billy joel's four wives go uh, on lad and old bloody bloody go on lad <laughs> <laughs> but john smalls of philandro right well i'm not sure about that <laughs> i'm not sure billy joel comes out of that story <laughs> that well <laughs> that a really, broken nose that really is trying to defend someone who is not particularly dependable in that particular i mean case. i'm not saying he deserved to get i mean the broken nose fine sure yeah but the coma maybe i feel a bit sorry for him for the coma Anyway. I, didn't, I didn't know that. Anyway. and um, But, you know, he went on to be Billy Joel. So, fair play. Happy ending. Amplifier... <laughs> the end. Amplifier Fire Part 1 Godzilla does actually appear on Billy Joel's 2005 box set, uh, My Lives. Mm. Hardly seems worth it, to be honest, does it really? Hardly seems worth putting it, it on. It does. I mean, assuming that he got uh, a choice in the track list, and he might not have, there are examples where they don't but assuming that he did you do kind of wonder uh is he really that embarrassed about it you know if if he was part of that decision making process but then he may not have been as well yeah it's true yeah it's true um but anyway yeah it is on there um and you would think the two men just went their separate ways and never spoke again right you'd think that that is what you think yeah, but Small went on to produce two of Billy Joel's live albums, 1978's, not 1978, 1987's concert, and live at Shea Stadium in 2008. So that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. The... He forgave him after all, let him break his nose, and went, that's all right. Yeah. You can you can uh, produce my live album. Now I'm a big famous person, and yeah. you're just a bloke. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's actually it's genuinely quite, quite, nice. quite nice. I mean, we don't know what happened to... Um, the the woman in the story because history doesn't care. Um, no, but you know, um, but it's nice that they remain friends anyway. Mm, mm. And isn't it? Isn't it just? Uh, anyway, we got to rank this somewhere, Renfrey. Well, my first point. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> my, my first point of reference, I thought, was. Emerson, Lake and Palmer. What's mm-hmm. another album on here which has vaguely... Um, they're not exactly the same, but they have vaguely similar musical sensibilities and characteristics. And I would much rather re-listen to this than Emerson, Lake and Palmer, Love Beach, if I'm totally honest. So, and Emerson Me too. Lake, yeah, Emerson, Lake and Palmer is currently at number 35. So we're looking... So immediately... I feel like we can discount the top 35, which cuts out uh-huh. half of our list. So yeah. there we go. <laughs> I didn't get much further than that. Um, I would still rather listen to it than Black Flag as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd still rather to it, listen to it than you 2 Songs of Innocence. Because Songs of Innocence I found really, really boring. And uh, I didn't find this boring it was a bit repetitive but i think there's a difference between those two things so yeah maybe i mean i was actually going to stop there but oh, were you? I, I probably was <laughs> um but i wouldn't rather listen to it than macho man randy savage be a man no but i think macho man randy savage is worse <laughs> uh yeah i think it, well macho man randy savage is worse than Lots of things. Yeah. But it has that quality. You know, but it has that quality to it, which makes you is, want to listen to it. It does, yeah. I mean, it is worse. I mean, this isn't exactly, you know, free from... No. From bad lyrics. No, you know what I mean? no, no, so, no, 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 not at all. And, and it's only one thing happens. It's not really that interesting. Um, and I think you get to American Life by Madonna, and that's when you're getting to a point where there are actually some sort of actual quite good songs on here. I wouldn't say anything on this record is actually good. So I would kind of suggest putting it just behind what we did last week, which is all the week before, which is Matcha Man Randy Savage Be a Man in between Songs of Innocence and Matcha Man Randy Savage. Because I'm looking down it and I think, although I don't really hate this record, I think I'd pretty much take everything else that comes after it over it. Uh, I'd take anything else. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have American Life, Uma Gumma, Results me, I mean, results me very is pretty fucking high up. Like Trey, Primitive Cool, had a couple of good songs. It Black and White Rainbows is just a sort of Bush album. Uh, Van Halen Three is a bit is, is boring. Melody is a bit boring. Rotation is a bit boring, but they're not rubbish. 
uh tim machine fisher spooner then we get to the weirdness and the twang naomi campbell shatner dd king lauren hill babylon zoo liz fair chilies lou reed neil young lou reed and metallica dylan and the darkness for me they're all much better than this i would say i think the album that we've got that is the closest to this in terms of um time period and uh how it sounds probably after Emerson Lake and Palmer is probably the Pink Floyd record and Montgomery. Mm. I was just looking at that and going, would I rather re-listen to Attila or would I rather re-listen to Montgomery? And it's quite difficult because the lows of Montgomery are absolutely lower than mm-hmm. the lows of Attila, but the highs are higher. Yeah. Um, it does make sense to me in that case to put Attila in front of it because I don't think Attila would be capable of doing those highs no i don't either. um but i was kind of i don't know like if again if you presented me with america i know we feel differently on this record uh, i can't say that i mean there's there's genuinely a couple of songs in american life that are that i do listen to i would rather i personally would rather to listen listen to attila than the whole of american life but there's not loads in it but I personally would. But we're only talking about one place. Would you so re- not... would you really really want be a man uh, take this over be a man though? Because you'd rather listen to be a man than by Randy Savage than listen to this, right? Definitely. So that does muddy the yeah. water a little well, bit. So yes. You've got to kind of take that out of the equation slightly because for me, I mean, I would. I think I actually think it's. Is it worse than Songs of Innocence? I mean, I, I think it is probably worse than something. It's not great. Is I it? think like, it is really worse happens. Than Songs of Innocence. Yeah. I I think it's probably worse. Oh, you thought it was better a minute ago, but it's just you said Songs of Innocence is more boring. I just think saying. it's more boring. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean yeah, and to, if we're talking about the construction, the way that it's put together, and whether it's broken or not, um, I mean, the cover makes it broken. Yeah, but I but don't then, think and I suppose the whole the whole thing surrounding Songs of Innocence is a problem. Exactly. Uh, but and I think you know. <laughs> There's not a lot riding on Be A Man by Randy Savage. And I'm not saying there's a lot riding on this because he's obviously gone on to be Billy Joel. Yeah. But it's just a sort of, he obviously doesn't like it. He's quite embarrassed by it. I don't think he should be that embarrassed by it. But at the same time, it's a sort of embarrassing thing for him. He doesn't like it very much. It's actually, I can understand why, because it's not very good. And it's not really what he is good at doing. Mm-hmm. And um, and there's nothing on it that I really want to listen to again. Whereas... Match my Randy Savage, Be a Man. There's plenty I want to listen to again on that. It's fucking hilarious. Madonna, there is a few things on that which I think are genuinely good. Umaguma, Ditto. And then I'm just stunned that results may vary above those three albums. <laughs> honest, but well, all right, we shall we put it between? It. Shall we put it between you two and Match Man then? I think we should. Yeah. All right, that's fine with me. Yeah, let's do that. Attila by Attila. Anyway, let's let's pick another album out of. The hat. The hat du jour. Oh, no. Oh, God. Allow Us to Be Frank by Westlife. <laughs> Fucking hell. You know what that is, don't you? No. You know what that is? By the name of it, Allow Us to Be Frank. Sinatra. No, Westlife doing Sinatra, that fucking oh, thing. When everyone started doing, no. putting on zoot suits and singing fucking Mac the Knife. Fuck off. <sighs> Is this a good point to say that we're probably going to have next week off? Cause it's we Christmas. are definitely having, yeah. We're, I'm not listening <laughs> to that fucking shit over Christmas. You can fuck right off. Absolutely. But we'll be back. Flagging uh, of bulls. I'm not listening to that over Christmas. You can fuck right off. I think we'll be back sometime between Christmas and New Year. Right? Yeah. Be right. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about fucking West. Oh. <laughs> Westlife. Fuck me, Westlife. I don't want to do this anymore. You put it in the list. It's your I fault. know I did. All right, fine. <sighs> okay, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Have a nice Christmas. Mm. We'll be enjoying Christmas. Cracking open the chocolates and listening to Westlife. That's what we're <laughs> going to be doing. Pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. Thank you very much for listening. Bye.